Hello there everyone, today we are going to be talking about the situation that is ongoing in Israel and Palestine. And we will be discussing the economic effects, the effect on the infrastructure of both countries, and what is the effect going to be on the coming generation. Because we all know that whatever we do today is going to have a huge impact on the upcoming generation. So as we, I think, to debrief people about the situation that is ongoing in Israel and Palestine, it could be said that, first of all, Israel believes that a terrorist organization called Hamas is attacking them with missiles. And in response, Israel is killing many innocent children, many men, many women, and they, they do not seem to show much remorse as it's viewable on social media. But in, in their defense, it, it's being done to protect the sovereignty of their own country. And to an extent, yes, that is okay because you're protecting yourself. However, attacking innocent lives does not make sense. And we can see that Israel has many economical ties with America. And looking at the effect that um, Israel is launching its missiles off to Palestine, that is the only thing that's going to happen. It's that the situation is going to get escalated. And we all know what this saying is. The saying is that once you're in war and when you come out of it, you are one century behind everyone else in the global community, meaning that your infrastructure, your farms, everything you have is one century behind now you've been put 100 years behind everyone else and by looking at the 2008 and 2009 financial crisis it was very hard for the government to take out these firms and banks out of you know debt out of the money that they could not uh receive from their payees the people who had taken mortgage taken a loan for a house and they were unable to pay it back because of the crazy rates and looking at israel right now what what i believe is that yes you're going to lose many 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 jobs well first of all because people are going to be scared of going out in general second of all your infrastructure is being destroyed by these missiles that are coming onto your what your so-called um drone which they was which the israeli defense system has which prevents missiles from coming into their airspace so basically the israeli drone is known to prevent any missile attacks you know it's for basically it's for um social safety security if uh, we're going to be exact and we can look at palestine Palestine does not have any of these things. Palestine is suffering from poverty. It is suffering from an economical um, loss, as it has been since 1948, when it was taken over by the Jews, who are known to be the Israelis. And right now, the situation in Palestine is that Zionists are coming into Palestinian houses, kicking them out, taking over their houses, because they think it is rightfully done so. And yes, we have many platforms, Instagram, social media, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, everywhere. And we have people posting about them. However, what is the effect of this?
the good thing is that people are getting educated about this situation. However, does it stop the Israelis from fighting the Palestinians? Does it stop Hamas from fighting the Israelis? And is Hamas doing this? It, it, are their doings morally correct? You know, it. Everybody has their own opinion, and I think a terrorist organization who is based upon the name of Islam, it's. It is wrong to attack one without justified reasons. And we see Israel out there attacking innocent lives. So when someone makes a move, such as Israel launching missiles or coming into everyone's houses, the Palestinian houses, and kicking them out, it is seen, it is seen as you're being attacked. For, for a person, let's suppose uh, I'm, not, I'm not Palestinian and... Let's just put ourselves in a hypo, uh, hypothetical situation. And let's see, okay. Um, suppose that you're living in your house right now. You're having a cup of tea or um, sitting down with your family, watching a movie, or if you're even playing a board game, it's family night, everyone's happy. And suddenly, out of nowhere, um, people start banging at your doors. And you go out and you see that there are Zionists with pitchforks and sticks with fire on it. And they probably, maybe some of them even have a gun. Who knows the extent they would go to. And they kick you out, throw you out of your own house. They throw your children out and they throw you out. They throw everyone out and without having any, you know, justified reason to do so. They just say, yes, this is our house now. No matter how hard you work for this, no matter what price you bought this at, this is ours now. So looking at it from an economics perspective, economical perspective, um, personally, first of all, the people who are kicked out, of course, they're in an economic um, deficit because something, it's an asset. A house is an asset. And the children were never fully able to consume the surplus of the house that they were living in because they were thrown out. And the person who uh, earned the money rightfully and rightfully bought the house, he was thrown out as well. So the ownership was transferred straight away without any justified reasons. And let's look at Palestine's, uh, Palestine's uh, judicial system. Uh, the judicial system, obviously, what can they do? If, if they were able to do something today, we would not be seeing so many Palestinians out on the road right outside their houses camping like homeless people. And let's take the UK for the example. When the UK government sees an escalation in the numbers of homelessness, what do they do? They release a scheme which is known as help to buy to prevent to prevent the upcoming generation from becoming homeless because they create an incentive to buy houses. Even if it's with mortgage, even if it's with the inheritance money, um, it could be anything, but there is an incentive to buy. However, we all know that the Palestinian economy is not able to do this for their own people. However, is it their fault though? Is it their fault that they are unable to provide for their people? Well, to an extent, if Adam Smith was alive, he, he would say no, because he, was, um, he would say that people who have, uh, who have been there, uh, who have had their assets wrongfully taken from them, 
had their uh, daughters and uh, children killed, had their wives abducted by Israelis. How is one supposed to maintain the economical sufficiency to provide? Well, let's forget about the economical sufficiency. How is one supposed to live in a place where he is not safe? So it's not really the Palestinians to blame here. It's not the people at all, not even the government. You can't, right now, you can't even blame the government because what can the government do? We've seen for the past uh, 20 years, this this issue has been, well, uh, issue actually, it's, it's more known as a global crisis because it is affecting everyone in the world without us even knowing it. Israel is freely trading with the rest of the global community, whereas Palestine is basically in a jail cell a small jail cell where it barely has any water, has any food. So the water, basically meaning the cash flow, the fluidity, the liquidity of the country is zero. And, you know, the food known, known as the assets, the firms, anything. How many, how many famous Palestinian firms do you know? And if you do, please comment below. Uh, but how many, how many famous Palestinian firms do you know right now? Yes, we know many successful Palestinian um, CEOs many famous Palestinian uh, celebrities. Yes, because they have, they, they, they had to escape their own country. They had to escape their own country. One uh, amazing example, one very, you know, um, outgoing example would be DJ, uh, DJ Khaled. Um, he, he's a DJ now and he's been selling albums with Justin Bieber, many famous artists, and he's been making a lot of money because he was given that opportunity outside of Palestine. He had to take that opportunity outside of Palestine. And if we look at the UK's um, immigration rate, we see uh, we generally see a very high increase in the um, refugees who are coming from Palestine, Yemen, uh, even Iraq or Iran. But today we are going to talk about the Palestinians. So obviously we know the bombing, uh, the bombings destroy the infrastructure. Well, if we look at it from an economical perspective, yes, the building has been destroyed. And yes, um, if we look at it in a cycle, once a building is destroyed, to remake that, you have to employ people, get the raw material, build it up. It takes quite a long time. And the problem is, um, in this situation, is that the Palestinian government is unable to do so. The people, the firms, the building contractors, without any money provided, without any natural resources provided, they are unable to do so. How will they be able to reclaim these buildings? How will they make them again? It's, it's seen um, by looking at the previous history of this ongoing global crisis. Um, it's very hard to say that they'd be able to you know, rebuild everything again. And looking at Israel now, well, Israel has a really strong military force and the Israeli prime minister, the president, whatever he is, he said that he was, uh, the, the military was protecting the um, Palestinians praying in um, the, the masjid, um, more commonly known to Westerners as mosques. But for Muslims, we know them better as masjids. So they say they were protecting the the people who are praying in Masjid al-Aqsa, which is uh, the second Qibla of Islam. It is uh, the, the previous one before. Um, so the Qibla meaning that the way, in the direction that the Muslim would used to pray in before, um, before they were told by Allah to 
praying the uh, direction of the Kaaba, which is in Saudi Arabia. So yes, it holds a lot of religious value. It holds a lot of monumental value. And yes, uh, many people would get, uh, they would get emotional about this. They might even get aggressive because that's their emotion towards their religion, right? And how, how come, how, how so that the prime minister or the president of Israel is saying that, yes, we are doing this to protect the people of um, the Muslim Palestinians or even Muslim Israelis, if there are any, you know, we're doing this to protect them so that the Zionists uh, do not attack them in the mosques uh, while they're praying then why were these same um, soldiers, officers, shooting rubber bullets, throwing stun grenades, whatever they were doing, why were they doing it in a religious place? A, a site of pilgrimage should never be attacked. It is morally incorrect. Unless there is a terrorist threat, which is highly unlikely, which is very highly unlikely because... <laughs> It is a mosque. There cannot be a, ter a terrorist uh, threat inside. And the people of Palestine, they're very peaceful. They're very calm. They try to mind their own business because they are living in fear. The fear of not being able to sleep without thinking about a missile coming towards them. Whether it's because of Hamas attacking Israel, whether it's because Israel wants to uh, basically remove Palestine from the world map which it is doing quite well right now it, it, it's succeeded it, it's um it's becoming successful in that and um the the organization hamas should understand that they also have a part to play in this because when you retaliate the retaliation is it, it's not justified by the western media and when when this uh when when this reaches the united nations they see this as a self defense act from israel so I don't have much to say on that, but what I feel is that the kids who are living in Palestine or even the parts of, I, I sympathize with the Israeli people who have been attacked as well. Yes, I do. And, you know, either one of their kids or their families, the families are living there right now. They, they must be horrified by these events that have taken place. And, you know, it's very hard. It's very hard for a family who's living next door who who fortunately hasn't been attacked yet to think that they will never be attacked as well because you're living in a threat and how is one supposed to live in a threat it is very hard to live like that it's basically like living in it's basically like living in in a in hell because you're going through you're going through the worst times of your lives and i sympathize highly with it or, with with either the Palestinians or the Israelis who who have to face this right now, but as I as I personally believe uh, from my research, I've seen that since 1948, the Palestinians have been attacked, and the amount of land that Palestine used to own, um, and uh, sorry, it used to claim, uh, and it it had rule over has has shrunk. It has shrunk from drastically. You can look at uh, you can do your own research and and check this by yourself and it's all on the internet leave the internet you have historical proof and the gaza strip is being the gaza strip um they're saying they're going to divide it whatever they're going to do we do not know yet but one thing which i find very 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 disturbing is is the attack on the um the religious site 
and the attack on children um i was on facebook the other day and i was looking at a video where where a child was carrying his father's funeral he was carrying his father towards his grave the child was in between the ages of 10 and 12 and he was he was asking why 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 is this happening obviously yes he is upset he is sad the, the pain you cannot sympathize yes you can sympathize but you cannot understand the pain that child is going through right now the economical state is not much to be discussed about palestine because it is being wiped off the map but now let's look at israel so israel is benefiting from the american trade it is uh that is ongoing right now and the gdp of israel is around 394.7 billion which is um generally which is pretty good it's it's a, it's a healthy gdp and it has been it has been appreciating it has been appreciating uh since 1960s um during the 1960s it was 2.598 billion us dollars and today the figure is at 394.7 billion and that just shows how how well the economy has been developing yes of course every economy has a downturn and you go into the recovery phase and you and you come back up again you you start growing again as an economy and obviously that is a part of the economic cycle but but while looking at well, while looking at uh, Palestine, but when you look at Palestine, do they even have a GDP rate? Do they even have uh, a, a happy living index, or or do they even have a GDP per capita? What is their growth rate? What it doesn't it doesn't seem to carry much value because why? Because it is being wiped off the map, and and we are here yet. Of course, I. If if I say this, I'm a hypocrite myself. Yes, we are here doing nothing. Um, but what what can I do? What what can I do right now? Yes, I can share this on social media. Yes, I can make this podcast, and yes, I can raise awareness. But can I go to Palestine right now and share share some grief of those who have been attacked? No, I I, I probably the Israelis probably won't even allow me to because they surround palestine the israeli forces surround the borders of palestine nobody's allowed to go from uh, one place to another and it's it's very annoying that you, you in your own house aren't allowed to move from one place to another without the permission of um an external force and coming back to the gdp of palestine it is at 16.28 billion us dollars and the growth rate is at 1.2 percent well yes we can see the growth rate and israel's growth uh growth rate uh growth rate is at around 3.5 percent and during the 2016s it was at four percent which is um while looking at uh its growth rate yes that is very good actually because a uh, healthy growth rate steady trend rate it leads to a healthy economy in general but well, Palestine is recognized as a state, you know, it's recognized as a country, a sovereign state in Western Asia, and it claims the West Bank and Gaza Strip with Jerusalem, because 
to be fair, it's only recognized by the United Nations and other entities. But does Israel, its its uh, neighboring country, recognize it as a state or even as an entity or sovereignty? It's hard to say so because one attacks one like as if it's an ant, not even caring about the children or anything else. Well, well, looking at Israel's um, economical state, you have healthy trend rate, healthy growth rate, healthy GDP, and uh, employment is the employment rate of Palestine is healthy as well. They are they have a um, healthy economy which is bound to grow at a good rate and the future the upcoming events um in israel related to investments yes they are uh, they are little they are little you know uncomforting right now for for investors because um a place which has uh external uh, internal shocks and external shocks it is seen as a risk for investors to invest in and people invest less but However, this will go away because Israel has trade, has um, a healthy trade with America. It has good um, relations with the, the American uh, economy. And uh, I'm not saying that it's um, 100%. I'm not saying that it's only due to the American government, but most of it, it is. And the unemployment rate in Israel is 7.5%, which is which is healthy as well because the the target unemployment rate in an in an economy should always be around uh ninety uh sorry the employment rate should be at around ninety three or ninety 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 five to ninety three percent um that is a pretty healthy rate because you need that seven point five percent to be staying at home or you know uh, like uh the retired um community the retired community or the people who just decide not to work. It's it, it's it's healthy for an economy to have um some type of unemployment. So people can, you know, the concentration ratio of the labor market decreases and there's a healthier flow of keeping uh of people being employed by firms or even the government or creating their own business ventures. However for Palestine that's not possible because who is going to employ anyone in Palestine who is going to invest in Palestine the Palestinians are afraid of investing because once they build a factory that the 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 chances of that factory even surviving for a month are very very unlikely maybe Zionists a whole Zionist uh, state might uh, a whole Zionist group might move from Israel to Palestine and they may even destroy it and towards the end, it, it could be said that these issues can be avoided if Israel and Palestine talk it out. But I think I personally urge the United Nations and the other entities, especially the DISEC, uh, D-I-S-E-C, which is a organization under UN to look into this. And also the other um, Muslim countries, the Muslim League, uh, the Muslim countries, the Muslim Committee, the Islamic Committee, whoever it is, they should be looking into this and helping the people of Palestine. Yes, we have created these committees. Yes, they are there. But are they really benefiting the global community as a whole? So I think that's it for today. And hopefully 
I'll see you in about a week or so.